<laughs> yeah, so that that is where my problem solving is at this point. Like, So the big question is, what are top agents doing to absolutely crush it in real estate? To get the answers, we interview the top real estate agents to learn their secrets to success. If you would like one-on-one access to over 26 of the top agents in the country to help you scale your business, then head over to EliteAgentSecrets.com slash partner, or you can just click the link in the description below. My name is Andrew Dunn. And my name is Peter Michael. Welcome to Elite Agent Secrets. I like what you're saying, and I think this leads us really perfectly into segment number two, topic number two, which is solving problems and being a creative problem solver. Because really what you have done with you with what you just told us is you have created a whole lot of leverage. You saw a problem and you started thinking of like, how can I fix it? What is the best solution? And you started refining it over time. So talk to us a little bit about solving problems, being a creative problem solver, because I'm assuming it's not only internally in your business, it's also external when you're dealing with clients, when you're dealing with vendors, contractors, so on and so forth, right? Yeah. And you, you, you said at the beginning of this, you know, I remember I sat down with my grandfather at one point and, you know, he was asking me how business was. And I say, Grandpa, I, I, I feel like all I do every day is just solve other people's problems for them. And he said, well, that's why you get paid the big bucks. And like, and then it, like, that, it. Was, <laughs> that was a realization to me. And I thought, you know what, that's why I get paid the big bucks. And ultimately, when you look at any sort of successful business out there, the only thing that they're doing is solving a problem that that consumers have, right? So the problem back then was expired listings. You have a listing that expired. Your other agent didn't get it sold. I will get it sold for you. Here's how I'll do it. And that opened up that business for me. So it created business, but it also created more problems for me to solve, right? So now I have clients that have problems to solve. They're upside down on their mortgage or they need to go in and paint their kitchen or whatever. And, um, you know, we go back to like the average real estate agent doesn't do what they're supposed to do. And they kind of lie to themselves. Well, the average buyer and the seller are the same way. Like they, they, they lie to themselves. They tell themselves that their kitchen from 1974 is, is perfect and that they're still going to be able to sell their house for the same price their neighbor's house sold for, even though it has a brand new kitchen in it. So you've got to not only be the problem solver, but the one that delivers reality to them in such a manner that they can grasp it without offending them too much. Um, so that you know that was a whole other skill that I had to pick up. And once you got listings, then that becomes a problem that you have to solve also. Yeah, and you make a very, very good point here, Dustin. It's at the same time, not only are we problem solvers, but we have to merge the gap between what their expectation is and perception and then reality, right? It's like we as professionals do this every day, all day, and we understand why that house down the street that's sold has a brand new kitchen is going to be sold for a higher price than the house down the sh- down on the other side of the street the kitchen is still original. And even though that market is hot, they're not getting that same type of, you know, returns, you know, I'm actually dealing with one of those issues right now where I have been working with a seller for, for quite some time now. Um, I've met with her, we need to buy another property. There's a property that literally just closed down the street from her. Um, She's in a 55 plus community. The, the other property is not in a 55 plus community. 
And I'm trying to merge the gap of why neither of those are in the same pool when it comes to comparables. Right, it's not even a cost. Yeah, but my property, you know, you're telling me 360, this one sold for 411. I'm like, yes, my love, but it's like, this property is not in a 55 plus. Uh, it's got a brand new kitchen. It's got a brand new floor and there's all these other things. So eventually I got her to understand and, and, and pick, but there's another property that just got sold like two days or three days ago. And it's the same conversation again. Right. Right. <laughs> so at some point you just, you know, at what point do you draw the line? At what point do you let your clients do what they would like and then bring them to reality? Or do you just go my way, the highway, here's the way it's going to go. Here's how we're going to solve this problem. Would you find a balance somewhere? Uh, I mean, back then I was more apt to kind of let the clients make decisions and then leave them later. Um, mm -hmm. You know, in my older age and my experience, I'm less uh, patient now, which, you know, I'm supposed to be more patient, right? But I'm less patient with the client that doesn't want to listen to good advice. You know, at this point, I've got 15 years under my belt. We sell hundreds of properties a year. And, you know, if I come in and I, I show you good comps, I explain myself thoroughly and give you a realistic pitch for what your price should be. And then you want to price it $100,000 over that, then you need to go work with somebody else because I'll pick it up when it expires. Yeah, I'm with you. I always tell this to new agents to, you know, and I hear this from more seasoned agents. It's like, we're not in the business to list. We're in a business of selling the property. Like we, it costs us money to list properties, yeah. right? Because there's photos, potentially staging and, you know, the time, the showings. So yes, we are, we are solving, you know, everybody's problems, including our own. So I will go out on the limb here. What's the toughest problem that you've recently had to solve and how did you solve it? No, I don't know if I can. Whether it's in your business, for your clients, like what, what are you working on right now to get to that next level? I mean, my, I guess one of my big headaches is, you know, I, I'm, I do this to help people, but ultimately it's the, the people, the more people you got interacting, right? The more people mm -hmm. that you're relying on for your businesses to run, the messier it gets. And one of my dreams, I've always been in, into investment real estate. One of my dreams is, has been to raise money and uh, be able to buy and fund a lot of what we do through private money where I have ownership in pretty much all of the, the real estate that we're transacting. So one of the things that I'm working on right now is raising millions of dollars to buy single family and scattered site housing in the Pittsburgh area where I can have um, those deals fuel my sales team while my renovations crew go in and renovate them and work on them. And then my management company rents them out and manages them. So we turn it more into a, um, you know, what do they call it? Vertical integration, right? Like it's more- I love it. You, I mean, you're literally getting line. every piece of the transaction. Right. And, and I like I've always been more of an investor mindset. So for me, the frivolity of um, residential retail sales, I can't it's draining to me. You know, the, the emotional investment that people have in real estate is, is draining to me. 
to me, I don't look at real estate as, as that emotional, um, you know, no, you look at it objectively. Do the numbers make sense? Is it the right location? What, right. what does the ARV look like after we're done with the property? And what can we rent it for? <laughs> yeah, so that that is where my problem solving is at this point. Like, I'm I'm good with continuing to have a sales team that services the residential retail side, and I want those agents that like doing that, that that are feel fulfilled by doing that, to continue doing that. But my personal growth is on the um, the investment side of things and, and raising money and turning that more into like a factory line um, where all, all of my businesses can profit from the process. Yeah. And you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm not surprised because really, ultimately, what you're saying is as you know, as you have a 15 year career, what's the exit plan? Right. So really what you're solving for is probably down the line retirement. Yeah. You know, it's like, how do I still do what I love doing, help others and empower them to build generational wealth through real estate? And how do I keep my family also the top priority here by being more of a passive investor where you're looking at deals, evaluating them? And how does this machine basically self-run itself? Right? Yeah. And ultimately, you know, time is our, um, uh, the, the most valuable asset that we have. So how do I limit my time investment into these businesses at this point and get it to the point where they are seventh level businesses that I no longer have to, you know, be here to ensure our functioning. Yeah, I, I, I agree. So over the 15 years from your very first deals to where you are dealing right now and the progression closing 131 deals last year, you're projected to do over 3 million in biz revenue this year. Have your problems changed? Have they evolved? And are, are you troubleshooting different things? Or are you seeing that there are certain things that are consistent over the last 15 years and you're still, you know, run into the same issues, same problems? Uh, the, you know, they've adapted. So like on the sales side of things, expired listings were not prevalent as much as they were. So you, I could I could see my expired listing business drop off in 2010, 11, and 12, and it, and it turned into almost nothing. And we you know went back and evaluated and said, where did all of our business come from? Well, like 70% of our business came from past clients then at that point. And then we started saying, well, is it even worth it to spend this much time on expireds? Now, we still do the expired mailers to this day. They go out every day consistently, five days a week. I've not stopped doing that for 15 years. And it's still manual. Somebody like, like an admin at your office does yep. it? I'm assuming. Direct mail. It's a letter. It's got my picture on it. It's got my little hand signature on it. It goes out every day. We don't get a lot from it anymore. We get like maybe one to four listings a year now out of the expired mailers. But markets are cyclical. And what we got going on right now looks like we could potentially be seeing a ton of expireds hit in the market again in the next couple of years. And if that happens, I already know that game. So all I have to do is keep doing what I'm doing and maybe put another focus, get an agent focused on calling, making those calls every day. And then we just turn on that engine again and we, we you know, pull in four to eight listings a month while we're maintaining the past client business that we have. So, you know, same problem, but we haven't seen it for 15 years. 
I, I love it. Thanks for listening to this episode. If you would like one-on-one access to over 26 of the top agents in the country to help you scale your business, then head over to EliteAgentSecrets.com partner, or you can just click the link in the description below. 